What does it mean to dominate? I'm asking you that question because I think everybody's got a moving goalpost on what they think, uh, what a signature win from a top 10 team should look like. Welcome into Texas Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. We begin the go hour, presented by the warehouse at CC Creations. Maroon never looks so good with you, uh, with Maroon U. Uh, Olin Buchanan, of course, with us here in this first hour. OB, I ask you the question, what does it mean to dominate? Because on my, as I often do on my way here, I try to get a, a national perspective of what people are saying. I try not to do too much of that because I want my clear thoughts. You know, I, I try not to listen to other people about a and I just kind of keep it to what I see and what Texag's kind of feedback we have here with Billy U and Bronny and Hop and Dalton and Richard, everybody. Like, I keep it in, in the family so I don't get my thoughts kind of, you know, to go another direction. And I'm coming here, and Danny and uh, Dusty are having their show, and I think they do a really good show. I, I like what they do. And they're going through their what they think the top ten should look like. And uh, Danny mentions that Haynes King did not look good, and uh, he doesn't think they're in the top ten. I forgot how he phrased it, because they didn't dominate Sam Houston. And... I don't really care where they come ranked because I was I came away unimpressed with a 31 point victory, which is what it makes it so impressive. You ba- barely, I think you gave up three first downs. Your quarterback throws for almost 400 yards. You have two 60 plus yard touchdowns, and we're talking about not dominating another team while other teams had similar outputs. Yet because their quarterback didn't maybe have the interceptions to go along with what they did in their first start and their second start kind of makes you question A&M. So I guess, why is there a moving goalpost, and what does it mean to dominate? Because I think 31-0 sounds like a domination to me. Well, the defense was dominant. Yeah. Uh, the offense was. The offense had some big plays, but I think domination starts offensively with being able to run the ball whenever you want. Okay. Um, that said, you, under, you also got to consider the source there. You say it was Danny Cannell probably, right? Yep. Well, uh, first of all, he was a guy that spurned, you know, his – his university spurned by Jimbo Fisher, so he's had an uh, issue with him ever since then, and he's an ACC guy. He's always – I saw him say something like uh, just this week about, you know, SEC getting uh, uh, favorable treatment to get into the to the college football right. playoff. Well, <laughs> the favorable treatment is they beat everybody. So uh, – it's just, uh, and yeah, did A&M get favorable treatment just two years ago? You know, it's just, yeah, Danny Cannell is just a guy that is uh, upset at a lot of things that haven't gone his way. Uh, now, that said, would I have called it a dominating win? Eh, probably not. Uh, uh, but if you call it a di- dominating defensive performance, I'd have said, yeah. Um, it's funny, though, like I said yesterday, if A&M had won that game 52-17, you know, that would have been a 35-point win. Right, yep. and, and probably it looks you know people look at it completely different, um, but you still had a blowout victory. I just think that when you, the, when you're playing an FCS team, even one as good as Sam Houston typically is, and and maybe again this year, um, you look for a bigger lead than 17-0 at half, and you look for more than one touchdown a quarter. Yeah, no, I I can agree with all of that. I also can think you won by 31 points. Yeah. And you look at, so like DJ, DJU as we like to call him, the headlines about DJ were that he played better in the game, right? Um, I didn't watch his performance yesterday, uh, but I, I do know that Clemson won, and I guess it was close at, at, at entering the second half, whatever. 
And when people talk about DJ, that let me see if I can find the article I found. Basically, he played much better in this game. He didn't play bad. 209 uh, yards passing, one touchdown, and no interceptions. That's fine. QBR, though, was 39. Um, so you 39.4. Kay Klubnik came in and did a really nice job. And, and I would think the team he played, Georgia Tech, if you put him against Sam Houston, would be a very interesting football sure, game. Sure, sure. No doubt about that. I, so I, I, I guess my point is they, pl- they did everything. A&M did everything they had to do. And maybe we're so inside that we know that the offensive line didn't have Layden Robinson out there and Bryce Foster's not out there and they're trying new things and yada, yada, yada. Not showing anything. Yeah, not showing a thing. Um, Jimbo's not trying to win style points. He's trying to win football games and get players ready for the remainder of the season. I agree, though. I came away unimpressed with that 31-point victory. I wanted more. That's okay, though. I'm okay with that. Well, you know, here's the deal. And and this is so cliche, but it's so true. Had A&M won that game... 62 nothing. Um, the, the answer is, oh, they played Sam Houston. You know, and it's all it comes down to is, again, so cliche, but so true. You just got to win. You got to win your next game. Yep. And then if you beat Miami, and then you, you got to win your next game. And then that's how you shut up, you know, somebody like Danny Cannell or the, what, SEC Mike or, or, or Barrett Salee or anybody else out there is you just go out and win. And if you don't, well, then you, you, gotta, then you open you yourself up for it. Right. Did you see SEC Mike's most recent? I heard that he had A&M right like number 10 in the SEC. Yeah, that's just funny. Like now it's like, no, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to give him the airtime. I'm not going to put him on the show. But he had him behind South Carolina. Who Which really struggled with to Georgia State. Georgia State. They had to, in fact, it was 14 to 12 Georgia State in the third quarter. And it looks like a blowout win, right? Uh, South Carolina blocked th- their last two touchdowns were scored on block punts. Yeah, yeah. I just find that funny. Like, it's not like Ole Miss ran away with their victory either. No. Uh, Arkansas, I was actually surprised he had him at five. I'm not going to go through his power rank. I just find it funny that, um, you know, and and he's got LSU over Vanderbilt, so I guess it's not a prisoner of the moment, right? Like you. You know, Georgia, as great as they were, they probably do deserve to be number one. Florida deserves a lot of the props, but uh, A&M being 10 behind South Carolina, I just thought that, that was... That's a guy that's mad at you <laughs> for making him look stupid. Not that he need, not that you know he didn't do it enough on his own. He's not the only one in the market. So so just win. Yeah. To say, you know... Um, yeah, yeah, look, I think you're right. Just win. Who cares? But I just find it interesting because if you were to watch the highlights of the A&M Sam Houston game cuz I watched it separate of the actual game I watched the it looks like A&M completely dominated Sam Houston now we were there we saw the offensive struggles when they had struggles and it was a closer game than it should have been midway through the second quarter but if you just watched the highlights you went 31 to 0 the thing that I will give everybody is A-Chain didn't get going no right and Haynes right now through two legitimate games, has way too many interceptions. He does. But, uh, you know, let's see how he uh, – I'm going to judge all of them more on what happens when they play Miami. Sure. Because, you know, Appalachian State is one of those teams that can be real dangerous. But if you move the ball up and down the field this week, and hopefully they do, well, so did North Carolina. You know, uh, but all the, these two games are getting, getting you ready for – uh, some bigger tests now. If you yep. if Haynes King goes out and throws two interceptions and and against Miami and they lose, well then you have to take a step back and say, okay, maybe we have a problem. I remember two years ago 
after they looked so bad against uh, Vanderbilt and and then looked so uh, you know they they didn't really look that bad, but then lost badly to Alabama and here and there was all this weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then the next week they beat North Carolina. I mean, they beat Florida and go on a roll. Right. So um, maybe it's going to be like that. Maybe it's not. I will say this. You're not going to have a a powerful football team, a strong football team, a successful football team if you don't have a good offensive line. Yeah. And so that's where uh, most of the attention has to focus. Yeah. And I expect Lane Robinson back soon. I hope. (laughs) Well, he played the other day. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm sorry, full-time back, right? Yeah. Uh, I hope Bryce Foster's back, full-time back, too. Whatever position that means, if they use him in guard, if they use him at center, whatever. Right? You ever had mono, right? Have you had Never mono? in my life. Never. Anybody, you know anybody that has? Because if you've ever had mono, my question would be, once they say you're well, okay, you can. are there lingering effects? I how long assume, does it take, once you're proclaimed to be healed, recovered, how long does it take you to be back to full strength? I would assume your energy is low for a little bit. Somebody who's had it, text them the A&B text line, 979-693-1150. 979-693-1150, A&B, a call station branch of the Amarillo National Bank. Good Texas Banking. The website is com. By the way, I enjoyed Jimbo's press conferences, but I really like when he tells us how things went. So when he described the uh, the interceptions, I felt like I, I got what he meant, like, he explained it in a way as like, yeah, you know, if he just does this little minor correction, if he looks off this guy, things go different. He wasn't, he didn't seem, and I don't think he would be in a press conference setting, he didn't seem overly concerned with how the turnovers happened. And that's why I say you wait until they play the games that really start to matter. Mm-hmm. Because then you say, well, do you make the same mistakes when you're playing better teams, better DBs? Let's listen to uh, Jimbo from yesterday. He did have his uh, weekly press conference and uh, his opening statement. He kind of just went over everything that happened on Saturday over Sam Houston. Good to be with y'all. Uh, looking at the film after we did it, again, very proud of our team. Good win. Uh, anytime you get a shutout, that's hard. I mean, that's those are so rare and extreme. I mean, they're very hard to get. I thought the defense started there. I thought they did a really nice job. I thought... Uh, up front, our defensive line group kept good pressure on the quarterback, but also played the run very well, fit gaps. Our linebacks, our front seven, did a really nice job in winning the first down battles, which kept you in uh, more second long, third and long situations, which really helped getting three and outs and being able to get stops. Uh, uh, I thought Diggs up front jumped out at me a little bit. I thought Rakes, you know, those guys played solidly, our backers. Uh, but the whole front up, up front, I thought, did really good. I thought in the secondary, you know, I thought Damani flashed making plays, him 27 at times. Young, the corners made some plays on the ball, which is good. And sometimes there's overthrown routes you cover good, but there's also being able to play through the ball and got some tips, got their hands on balls, which is very encouraging and watching and, you know, showing the ball skills, showing timing, showing how to, how to play the technique and get your hands on balls and, and doing that. I thought they did a nice job. Uh, be able to create two turnovers. Got a tip pick down there by Jordan Gilbert, another young freshman, redshirt freshman. It was very good to see him. We got a fumble later on. Uh, that was great. So we got two turnovers in that regard. All right, Jimbo Fisher, they're uh, breaking it all down in his opening statement. I agree. Uh, by the way, I want more turnovers, though. I want I want to feast on turnovers. But I guess when you're getting that kind of pressure on a quarterback and he's having to run for his life and that's how they get first downs, there's not going to be a lot of turnovers. No, to, to his point, I just since he said that, I looked it up. Uh, there were only eight teams. Eight teams? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 
nine teams that had shutouts last week. And and I think all but two of them, I might be three of them, all but three were against FCS opponents. Uh, Alabama shut out Utah State. Uh, so that one, Duke shut out Temple. And I think Minnesota shut out New Mexico State. Teams that, you know, get shut out a lot. Yeah. So the point is to, to or to uh, support his point, when you talk about how rare it is to get a shutout, you know, uh, nine and, and, and A&M also did against FCS opponent, but let's face it, they did it against one of the better ones. You said this yesterday, and I agree with you, because uh, it, it happened. But that Evan Stewart interception, that one play changes the entire way we look at Haynes' performance. Yes, we saw some almost interceptions. We saw Zach had a, a bunch of those games where he had almost interceptions that weren't interceptions. But if that Evan Stewart play is thrown just a little bit to the right, right, and I, and I guess the the way Billy described it, over the right shoulder, I think is how he said it, and not in the in the place where the Sam Houston defender, uh, Bryce, uh, the guy from, VJ, uh, VJ Foster, VJ Foster um, is able to get it. If you throw it over that right shoulder and it's a touchdown, now we're looking at a game where he throws for 400 yards, mm-hmm. over 400 yards, and four touchdowns, one interception. Then the narrative feels that one play to me changes the entire narrative. Yeah, it does. Um, and maybe next week and the week after that, he'll make that play. Yep. And that's what, uh, you know, and then we'll be, everybody will be talking about how great Danny Cannell will have to be talking about how great Haynes King is. Let's go to the News and Social Center and check in with Emily Fiedler. Emily, good morning to you. Good morning. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. What's going on with you? Yes, yeah, so I have a couple of things. First, we have. JB and Canyon, he said, I had mono my junior year of football. I missed six games. I did not feel like myself for at least six months. Just very, very tired. I went from 182 to 157 in two weeks. Man, I wish I could do that. <laughs> uh, that's not very promising. Yeah, that's not. Can I get somebody to text the show and not make me depressed? Can somebody text the show, yeah, I had mono and I was back on the field a week later. Can I get that text? If it's out there, please let me know on the A and B text line because now I feel like punching myself in the throat. I think we all wish that text was out there. But first, we have volleyball will play Sam Houston tonight at 5. And then this Thursday, Aggie soccer will face number 6, TCU. And then soccer player Katie Smith earned SEC Defensive Player of the Week. And Aggie volleyball player Logan Lednicki earned SEC Freshman of the Week. All right. Thank you very much, Emily. Appreciate that. I forgot to go behind the glass and check in on Nick Savage. Nick, Nick Savage. Nicholas Savage. I don't know why I did that, too. Nick, good morning, sir. Morning. How are y'all? Doing well. How are you? Um Busy this morning, but yeah, I, w- I wouldn't have minded if uh, you didn't, you know, come back here. It's okay. You know what? Fine. I won't talk to you yeah, anymore. Thank you. you. You tell me once, I'm done. I don't have to talk to you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Is that Ricardo's at eight? Yeah, it is. Yeah, he, j- he just got here. Yeah, he's, he's a good guy. Yeah. Uh, ask him during the break how fun it was at uh, the press conference yesterday, some of the, uh, the smack talk going on. Oh, boy. Yeah. Will do. Inside baseball. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks very much. Appreciate that, Nick. Let's uh, talk about Caprock Health System. They are personalized emergency care. And they want to give you that one-on-one treatment that you deserve. So when you go to Caprock Health, that's what you're going to get. Uh, should your re, uh, stay require you being there a little bit longer than expected, they're going to manage every element of your visit. That's what they do. They have a very low patient-to-doctor-nurse ratio, which means their medical team gets to know you and your individual needs. And here's the beauty of it, too. If you have a, a situation where you have to stay there a little while, they got hotel-quality rooms, so you'll never have to worry about being in that dreary, gross environment. They're going to take care of you. You're not sharing a room with another patient. Who wants to have that? You hear them coughing. You're trying to, you know, not, that's, they're not going to do that to you. They're a cap rock. Uh, they are 100% locally owned and operated. They're here in the Brazos Valley, and they put the patient first 
at every single decision that they make. So when you go in there or a loved one of yours goes in there and they need help, they're going to take care of you immediately because you'll never have to sit in a crowded waiting room. That's what they do. You've got Caprock Hospital in Bryan and Caprock 24-hour emergency center in College Station. They both have zero wait times. Go visit them whenever you're in an emergency situation. Not ASAP, but just if you're in one, they'll take care of you. It's Caprock Health. Or new guys on, and they get a call and just get a step out of line, get a hand out of line. Just got to go back and things we hadn't done well. We'd done well in camp. Surprised me a little bit, honestly. I think some nerves got to them a little bit, but at the same time, we got to calm down. We just got to get back to fundamental. It all goes right back. Everything was fundamentally fixed. Whether you got your foot too hard, got your shoulders turned, got leaned out, got your head on the wrong side, and you get in the seam and split it, it just goes back to fundamentals. Anticipate Bryce Foster back anytime soon? Uh, I, I, I can't. Yeah, I'm hoping, but I don't know when. I can't tell you when. I'm not. I, I'm not in the. That's day to day. They tell me day to day in the medical room. Jimbo on the offensive line. The issues that we saw there, they got to correct it. Um, but they got. I want to say they have time, because if I know App State scored 40 points in the fourth quarter, 60 plus points on North Carolina, but I don't think like. North Carolina, I still have some, some major questions about their defense. And uh, Drake Mayes, I think he's a nice quarterback, but I have questions about that offense too. You should beat, you should beat Appalachian State. you got to respect them because of their history and the fact that they did score all those points. And yep. it shows that there's some uh, explosiveness, but uh, you should beat Appalachian State. It is Texas Radio. We are presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. We call it the Go Hour, presented by the Warehouse at CC Creations. Got some text messages about mono. I didn't realize how many people got mono. Goodness gracious, you people. We'll get into some of those here in a moment. But uh, right now, it is time for the Big Shot of the Week, presented by Big Shots Golf Aggieland, located in the new Travis Bryan Midtown Park. Go check out the Anthem Kitchen and Bar, the restaurant inside Big Shots. It's your new favorite hangout with plenty of seating for your whole crew, tons of screens, and more. Truly next-level scratch-cooked menu items. That is the Big Shot of the Week. I got a couple names on there. OB, uh, I'm going to let you take the first one, and then uh, hopefully that will give uh, Nick Savage a little time to get the video ready. Yeah, you know, it's, to me it's tough because you can look at Anias and say, man, look at the game he, he had. He had a career day. Yep. And that would be easy to call. But you almost always, at least I, almost feel like I have to pick a defensive guy for that. But it's, it's hard because, like, the pass rush, it was coming from everywhere. Yep. Like, uh, I was really impressed with Eni White, and I don't even know if he ever got – I think he got credited for half a second. He was out there doing he stuff. He was out there. And I remember, yeah. again, I talked yesterday about Walter Nolan and what he was doing in uh, Overton. and um, So I don't know who I'd pick because there's just so many guys that did so, so many good things on defense. Well, since I know we have video of somebody, can we do Andre White? Who, who pray tell, would that be? Andre, Andre White. White. Let's, let's show a little Andre the White other, action out there. The other guy with the surname of White. Um, he uh, he was involved. He was, you know, obviously tipped that pass right there that led to the interception. Um, but he was involved in many plays and was quite vocal when he got injured later on. You could hear him on on the big uh, on the I guess the referee microphone. Yeah, um, yeah. He, he uh, forced a fumble, broke up two passes. I think he had five tackles. So all in all, a really good day for uh, for a guy that I don't know. I guess there's been a little bit of concern at that linebacker spot opposite uh, uh, Edring. Yep. Hopefully he's not out he for play, a long time. If White plays like that all the time, then you don't have to con- be concerned. Yeah, we asked Jimbo about him yesterday, and uh, there was no, there was nothing new on that. So uh, there is that. The other person I'm going to bring up, Ob, is the guy who deserves credit for a sticking with this program for another year, uh, helping his NFL draft status, and uh, he certainly did that. That is um, Anias. 
uh, who had, I think, like the kind of game that you expect Anaya Smith to have. The kind of game, not expect, let me rephrase that. The kind of game you hope from him every once in a while, and he started the season with a bang. Well, I think what you're trying to say is you're not surprised when he does. No, you're not surprised. But he's also, we don't talk about him enough at times. That play right there to me, the, the one that could have been picked, yeah. he skied for that and, and made that play Yeah, happen. I didn't know. He looked like Spud Webb going <laughs> up to, uh, to bring that one down. And, uh, you know, I could have said, uh, I, I could have said, you're Keith Brown for his touchdown. And then we just saw the block that he made on, yeah. on, uh, Anias's second touchdown. Let's so. go to the old Keith highlights because, um, I, I, to me that, that like, it was nice. He got so open here. Um, and it was no brainer. Once he got that step, they were not going to catch him. He's, he's we've, fast. We've seen the potential, <laughs> um, but it was good. His first reception being a touchdown. Great to see. And of course the, uh, the block, I think we'll see it right That's, here. Come on, go, go get it. Go. That's football. That is what football is right there. That's the way I used to do it. Of course, I was the guy getting blocked and falling down. Right, that's how you used <laughs> to fall. But that's the way I used to fall. Look at that beautiful picture right there. Love that. Yo, Keith Brown, two receptions, 68 yards, the touchdown. He was a great – by the way, I enjoyed hearing him talk yesterday. Uh, he, he is as good in the press conference as he was against press coverage. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was out – you like that? I do. He, he was outstanding yesterday. I'm, I'm, bring he, that guy back some, AC. You have – uh, an amazing ability to make a headline or a, a quote every day. You give me something. I forgot what you said in the, but you like you could be a headline writer. Uh, Did you I ever do that? Be, oh, yeah, yeah, I could tell. Yeah, you you'll tell me a line that you're working on in the story, and I'm like, yes, use that right now. Use it. Use it on the show. Okay. Well, I don't know. I wish I I wish you could remember what line that was. Because uh, I, I, I think I think it was one that we weren't you weren't going to really use. Oh, okay. about the weather. I, you know, I can't even remember. You're so good. I talk so much crap that I can't remember what I say half the time. Yeah. Because I'm just, you know, yakking. But the beauty about you is when you say something, you speak from the heart, you don't lie, you uh, and you support others. I try to. Yeah, I try to be that way. And then you like to have fun at people's expense, too. Well, I've been known <laughs> to do that. All right. We'll, uh, we'll continue. We'll, uh, that is the Big Shot of the Week presented by Big Shots Golf Aggieland located in the new Travis Bryant Midtown Park. All right, uh, right now talking Heritage Films, Chance McLean and Heritage Films. They make documentary films for your parents. Uh, if you, uh, well, I mean, they can do it for you too. Like I, we did one on my dad, and uh, such a such, such an awesome, awesome experience. But you may be thinking, you know, that's something I wouldn't mind leaving for my family, so they can get to know all about us. And it doesn't even have to be about you. You could talk about your parents. You could talk about your kids. It is a family documentary that Chance does, and uh, I'm telling you guys, when you watch some of his work, you're gonna be like, yes, yeah, sign me up. Aggies have been calling him left and right. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, he, he actually has this, like, I don't know if he's got a spreadsheet, but he's got, like, these numbers that show, oh, all these Aggies are calling me. All these Aggies are calling me. Um, LSU, not so much. Um, you've got Texas, not so much. But Aggies are calling him. And, and part of that is because we as Aggies care about our history. Uh, our history means so much to us, and that's why Aggies have been calling Chance to get their story done. This documentary, Netflix-style documentary, is the way to go about it. Uh, he's not advertising other places. He does the Michael Berry show. He does Texas Radio because we he knows that our audience cares about uh, their history. Yourheritagefilm.com is the website. Yourheritagefilm.com, 713-893-8341, 713-893-8341. Welcome back in Texas Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. Appreciate everybody listening in. Uh, if you want to text the show, you can do that on the A&B text line. Lots of texts about mono. Um, thank you very much. We're going to read some of those here uh, around 8.50. But this is the Go Hour presented by the warehouse at CC Creations. 
So, OB, I feel really bad. Shereen Williams texted me last night. Say, hey, just making sure we're good to go tomorrow. But she texted me at 947. Okay? Okay. I didn't know if I should respond when I woke. Because I go to, you know, I go to bed early. I'm, I'm a wimp. And she wanted to know, so she'd make sure she'd wake up on time. So I just liked the text. But I still think that could, alert could wake her up at 5 o'clock in the morning or 445, whenever it was. And I, fe- I felt a little bad about it. Should I feel bad? Um, no. You think she'll be all right? Yeah. Let's find out. She's on the hotline. Good morning to you, Hall of Famer Shereen Williams from Pro Football Talk. How are you? We don't hear you. Hello. Quiet. She's quiet today. Uh, I got you guys ah, now. The... Hey there. Hey. You, no, you did not wake me up. I do have okay. my phone silenced at night, so we're good. I got up and saw it, and I said, okay, we're good. I'm going to get up. Get up and get well, ready. I've... So I'm up and I... have my voice. I have to make sure I have my voice. Me too. <laughs> hey, so Shereen, let's get into it. The game on Saturday, like, I think there's, I don't, I don't want to say negativity. There's a lot of positives that came from that game, but I think the first thing people point at was the interceptions from Haynes and the, and the offensive line. But overall, how did you feel from coming away with a 31-point 31 uh, 31 uh, victory over Sam Houston? Also, a game where you had a shutout and a game where a lot of freshmen got to play. Yeah, well, first of all, I waited out three-hour rain delay. I did wait out inside in the Letterman's Lounge, but I did wait out the three-hour rain delay. I literally was walking out to my car when they came on and said 351. So I went back into the stadium and, and got to see the end of the game, which I'm glad to say because certainly the second half I thought was better than the first half. And I ran to Steve McGee and Chuck Knobloch and talked to both of them during the rain delay, but one thing I was telling Steve McGee in the first half that concerned me was we had two touchdown plays of 60-plus yards and then a field goal drive that was set up by a 15-yard penalty on San Houston State for a late hit. There were no sustained drives. That was a huge concern for me. So the most calming thing was to see the team come out for me in the second half on that first drive and I think it ended up being 12 plays and until they got to the one yard line it was positive plays on every single play then they got to the one they lost one gained one and finally got the touchdown but that's what I wanted to see a sustained drive I wanted to see them do that and and they did that so thought the play in the second half was much much better I thought the freshmen looked terrific there's a certain players that you just see the first time, and you go, yeah, this player is going to be really, really good. You know, I saw it with Christian Kirk is a is an example. You saw it with Jan, uh, Johnny, even though they lost to Florida that year. Just in the NFL, we see it all the time. You just see it in the first or second game, and you go, this kid's got what it takes to be really good at this game. Micah Parsons last year, another example with the Cowboys. But I saw that with some of these freshman players. In particular, I was watching Walter Nolan every time he came in the game. I was just watching him, and he created some havoc in there. And I was like, yep, he, he can play. He's going to be really good. Same with Evan Stewart. Same with some of those other young receivers. And so I think that's the exciting thing is you really saw some, some good play from those young players. Special teams to me Huge concern, and the offensive line, as you said, is the biggest concern. If you can't run the ball, it's going to be a long, long year. they got to figure out that offensive line. 
I know last year they moved people around a lot until they found a combination they like. Probably, hopefully, we'll do that again until they figure it out. But I know I read Jumbo's quotes about the stunts and, and everything they were doing inside, and if you can't handle Sam Houston State, I don't know how you're going to handle Alabama. So you better figure it out, and you better figure it out in a hurry. But, yes, there were some very encouraging things in that game. I just want the offensive line to be better. I want the turnovers to go away, and I want special teams play to be a little bit better. And then we're good. Uh, well, you know, I think you're you're right on. For everything. I'm not. I wasn't too, too concerned with the special teams actually. Uh, you know, the guy missed a long field goal, and and Constantino didn't punt as well as he usually does. But okay. Um, but yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I I don't know if you saw the latest quotes yesterday about the offensive line where he. Uh, coach was saying it was just a matter of communication and guys uh, understanding yeah. who they're supposed to block. Do you buy that? Yeah, it it could be that. I mean, I, you know, first game jitters, all that. Too. It, you know, I get it. You're going up against another team for the first time. I mean, it's like a preseason game for these guys, frankly. So, you know, hopefully the good thing for me, and I kept saying this as I was watching that game on Saturday, think back to last year and the year before. We were very frustrated after the first couple of games. Remember the Colorado game? I'm like, oh, my, this is going to be a long season. If they can't handle Colorado, how are they going to handle Alabama? Guess what? They handled Alabama. You know, two years ago, I think it was Vanderbilt they opened the season with. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. If they can't do better than this against Vanderbilt, good Lord, what's the rest of the season hope? And, of course, it was a really good season. So, for whatever reason, this is a team under Jimbo that comes out and doesn't play like we like to play in the first or second game. Unfortunately, we haven't had any really good opponents in that first or second game that we could get better and grow. And so that, to me, is the most encouraging thing because I said the same thing the last two years after the first or and or second game. Last year was the first two games. And we found our stride, and we did some really good things, and it was a, a really good season, both of those seasons. So, you know, I'm encouraged by that because they do make adjustments. And I even saw that in the game. Like I said, I saw the adjustments that they made going into the second half. So they will make adjustments for this week. They will be better this week. I would almost guarantee they will be better. And all of that's probably that probably is a big part of it, is the communication part of it, and just seeing another team for the first time. I, You know, I, I hope so. I hope it's as easy as that. Let's hope so. How about uh, App State? This is a team that scored 40 points in the fourth quarter, uh-huh. a team that has beaten big teams throughout their history, a team that can compete. We saw it almost beat North Carolina. Uh, what kind of test do you think this one's going to be? Yeah, it's going to be a big test. I, I watched them during the the rain break there, and, and uh, they did some really good things. Of course, their defense is not that good, as we saw where they ranked 168th or something after the first week. And North Carolina did some things that allowed App State to get back in that game. So um, hopefully the atmosphere is fantastic at Kyle Field, and that'll create some havoc for them. But, yeah, the Aggies better be ready to play, better not turn the ball over. Um, and and it, it's going to be a test. It's going to be a real test in the second game. And I think they're probably better than the test the Aggies got last year in that Colorado game, so that they almost lost. So this will be this will be a good test for them going before the Miami game, and we'll see how they come out and play. And I expect them to play better than they did last. 
Talking to Shereen Williams here on Tech Sags Radio, presented by David Gardner's Jewelers. Hey, let's talk about uh, what's going to happen on Austin. Uh, make me happy. This, the one week I'm going to root for Alabama. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I say I was just talking to Clarence Hill, of course, is the biggest Longhorn I know. Uh, yesterday, who works for the, covers the, the Cowboys for the Fort Worth Star Telegram, and I said, do you guys have any chance? He said, no. Are you kidding me? So I put it on the public record now that he said they don't have a chance. I don't think they have a chance either. I, I do think that Alabama blows them out. I just think there's a total difference right now uh, between those two teams. I know Texas recruited pretty well last year, fifth in recruiting, and has a good recruiting class coming at, in next year, but they're not to that level yet of, of where Alabama is, and they don't have the SEC depth that Alabama has. So. I expect this to be a uh, a route, and I expect it to be a route by halftime. I will say this, uh, or at least I'm just trying to clarify. When you say Clarence Hill is the biggest Longhorn, you know, you mean that figuratively and not literally, right? <laughs> yeah, it, well, yeah, exactly. He's not a very big guy. Yeah. Or at least he was the last time I saw him. Maybe he's gotten much bigger since then. Hey, we got a good good NFL game going. This is it Sunday night. The page, uh, not the page. Excuse me, the Thursday Bucks. Night, the Thir- no, I'm talking Thursday about the Cowboys. Is it Thursday? Is it Thursday? Oh, night? Yeah. oh wow! Sunday. No, Cowboys wow. is Sunday night. Okay. Oh, it's Sunday. Okay, who's the Thursday? I th- my bad. Thursday's Bills Rams. Oh, well, that's an even better game. Yeah, you know well, the Super Bowl good. champion plays on Thursday, so the Cowboys have not played on Thursday. Oh, you know that. Oh, okay. You know what? Actually, I I didn't know. Is it, so the Super Bowl champion always now plays on Thursday. Correct. Is that the new rule? Yeah. Super Bowl, oh, I didn't know Super Bowl that. Champion hosts the first game of the year. Hey, let me ask you something, uh, Shireen, because uh, this has been bothering me about the Cowboys. Um, yeah, they let Amari Cooper go, and I don't. Yeah, I, I think I think CD Lamb is overrated, and Michael Gallup's always hurt. Was there? And I thought I thought that. Uh, uh, Mari was their most productive receiver. So was there something beyond uh, his on-field performance that led them to say, hey, we need to let this guy go? It was all about his contract. They didn't want to pay him $20 million only. And if you look what's happened since they, by the way, got a fifth-round draft pick, fifth-round draft pick for Amari Cooper. Not enough. So, and if you look at what has happened with the contracts, I think seven players in the offseason, it may be more than that now. The last time I looked, it was seven players have gotten way more than $20 million this offseason. So, $20 million for a number one receiver uh, is not that much. So, I think they mismanaged that. I think they mismanaged Lyle Collins. I think both of those guys should be on this roster, even if you have Lyle as a backup, if you move him. Back to guard, I think he would have been ideal there. The depth in the offensive line just took a huge hit when he sent him away and didn't really replace him. And now that you've had to sign Jason Peters, uh, 40 years old, and, and uh, maybe he has something left, but I would have much preferred to have Lyle Collins in there. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think they mismanaged this. I don't think they're as good at the receiver position. I mean, with Michael Gallup, James Washington out at the start of the season, you're relying on guys like Noah Brown and Jalen Tolbert. And I just don't know how that's going to work out for you. Um, and, and sort of feel sorry for Dak. So, yeah, I think they would have been better off if they had kept Amari Cooper. But it's all about that contract and that production. And they were ready. Eight to and nine if they're lucky. Say it again. Eight and nine if they're lucky. 
Yeah, I, I said eight, nine, ten at the most is that they can get to in my mind. But yeah, I agree with you. I think they're in that eight, nine, ten win range. They're competing probably for uh, a, a wild card playoff spot. I don't see them uh, beating the Eagles for the division title. I think the Eagles are going to win the division there, title. There, in fact, I had the Eagles go win the Super Bowl. Is their defense? Uh, God, I don't want to even think about that. But is their defense good enough to? Uh, uh, to rely on and 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 make you know that that they can just count on the defense to 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 uh, lead the way for them to win more games than I think they will. Yeah, isn't it strange? Two years ago, you know, we were talking about this is one of the worst defenses in in Cowboy franchise history. In two years, they've turned it around with the combination of hiring Dan Quinn as your defensive coordinator and getting Micah Parsons and some other parts in there. I do think the defense will keep them in games. That's the, if you're a Cowboys fan. That's the most encouraging thing is this is a really good defense. They're going to keep you in every game. But then it's going to come down to the offense making plays. Are they good enough in the offensive line to create running room for Zeke uh, and Tony Pollard? You know, Are the receivers good enough for Dak Prescott to, to throw the ball down the field and, and, and do some things? And so to me, the real questions are on offense, and, and that's really strange to say considering they led the league last year in total offense, but I just don't see this offense being the same offense as what we saw at the end of last year. So it is going to be up to the defense, keep them in games, and maybe that offense makes enough plays to win the game. But if you look at the start of their season, look at the first six games. They're going to have a, If they don't have a losing record, they're going to have a great season because I just don't know how they're going to win some of these games. They start off at two home games. They start off, you're like, oh, great. We start off with two home games. And then you look, and there is the Buccaneers and the Bengals. I don't see them winning either one of those games. Now, I don't think the Bucs are going to be maybe as good as people think what they're going to be, but they still have Tom Brady, and they're still, two, you know, won the Super Bowl two years ago. So it's still a really good team that that's coming in here. So I don't know that they win either one of these first two games. You start out over two, you're in a hole right away. Shereen Williams, Pro Football Talk, thank you so much. Next week we'll actually have some Aggies in the NFL to discuss. Thank you guys. Appreciate you. I wanted to ask her which uh, offensive line is she more concerned about? A and M's or Dallas? I think Dallas. <laughs> I think the answer is always going to be Dallas there. All right. Let's hit a break. When we come back, uh, we'll continue here on Tech Sacks. Got some mono text messages to get into and some Thoughts of you people out there. I keep saying you people. That's very rude of me. My friends. How about that? We'll come back with more text sex radio. You know, when the sun goes down, it'll be nothing happens. Yeah. What happens? I was coming up for the where he says blue. Uh, you know, that's it's been every night beneath the light of a neon moon. Look at you. Look at you. Text sex radio. Works done. I was going to say that to you. Um, presented by David Gardner Shielders here in the Rollo Insurance Studio. It is a go hour, the last segment of the go hour today. Maroon never looks so good with Maroon U. Go back to Emily Fiedler, and uh, a bunch of Aggies uh, have had mono, and they all have reported back. So let's find out about mono, shall we, Emily? Yes, lots of lots of mono text messages today. So first, this is a 713 number, and it says, My son had mono his junior year of high school and played baseball. He missed four weeks. Goodness okay. gracious. And then Hank in College Station says, Mono caused total exhaustion for two weeks to three months for me and fellow teammates in football, swimming, and track in high school and college. Full recovery varied greatly for each of us. No common factors found as to why one of us recovered faster than another. Well, let's hope Bryce Let's hope he's on the fast, fast track. Yeah. I almost feel like I don't want to hear any more because I'm, like, depressed. Like, I'm there, like, 
There's not a lot of positive text about mono in here, I will well, say. Then why is it not a pandemic? Because I feel like if one person gets mono, they all get mono. That's what it's well, saying, Mike. You know, what the heck like I said, it was all those, it's, it's probably all those kissing af- kisses after touchdowns. Isn't it, that what causes mono or how it's not is, causing it's, isn't it? Isn't it called the kissing disease? Yes. Yeah. That explains why I never got it. Yeah, there was no kissing going on. <laughs> let, let, let's hopefully get into a more positive text message if we can. Maybe we got uh, at least some football to get into. Here's a football one for y'all. All right. This one is Tayag and Taylor, and it says, Dominant means playing in a way the other team never had a chance, and that was evident Saturday <laughs> due to a smoothering a smoothering D. Smothering. And a, smothering. smothering. I, my, guys, my knee glasses. It, <laughs> And I don't big, think, I don't it, glass, pretty, it was pretty smooth, too. Yeah, I don't, I don't think glasses would have fixed that one. <laughs> this is bad. It's early. Let's cut some slack here. Smoothering. Yeah. Mm. That, after that first touchdown, this game was over. I was only worried about optics during that game, and the win was not in doubt. Good text, because the optics is what I was, I was telling you. I'll be like, I just want a couple more touchdowns so I can get. I wanted Connor, and I knew the only way we were going to get Connor in the game is if Haynes was done by the midway through the sec, uh, third quarter, Max got to finish that, maybe a drive in the fourth quarter, and then it was going to be the Connor show. Yeah. But I didn't get it. And it, was, it was all because what I want. I'm, I'm selfish. Yeah, I would like to see it. But now I'm, I'm suddenly hungry. I think I'm going to go out and get some biscuits smoothered in gravy. <laughs> I have no words. <laughs> hey, there's many things that I've said wrong on this show, and every person on the message board brought it up to me, especially the first two weeks. What was my big thing I said? I can't even remember. Oh. Like, I can't remember what I say. So. Oh. Uh, but I'll never forget smoothering. Smoothering. I'm, I'm about to get a text from my dad being, really, Emily? <laughs> it is a word. Yeah, well, that defense was smoothering it, uh, uh, Jordan Yates the whole game. Hey, uh, thank you, Obi. Great go hour. When we come back on this show that we call Texas Radio, we are going to talk to Jamie McCoy, Sean Clark, the head coach at App State, Tyler Shaw of KBTX, a loaded 9 o'clock hour. Yeah, we got the App State coach. That's what we do on Texas Radio. We'll see if Mario comes on the show next week. I'm going to try for it. Texas. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.